a silent, lonely figure in black. She keeps vigil over a long-forgotten buried treasure. The souls of her people can rest. Her own cannot. The Dare the Dark Headless Nun experience every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 9.30, July the 3rd to September the 29th, leaving from the playground side of French Fort Cove, 1111 King George Highway. Tickets purchased on site, $15 ahead. Legends never die, neither will the call to dare the dark. A presentation of Character Matters, Miramichi. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Corker Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corker, and I'm here recording my intro twice because uh, my dumbass was testing out one of my uh, other mics uh, the other day before I started recording this, and uh, so I had to switch. Uh, it wasn't hooked to the Scarlet. It was hooked to something else, so I was testing it out, playing with it. Uh, went in to record this. I recorded this big, long-ass intro. I checked it out, and the fucking thing wasn't even... Uh, recording so yeah that's that's lovely uh me recording this entire intro twice so uh yeah but um you know it is what it is that's that was just my bad simple mistake but uh here we are um uh yeah so i'm some people wouldn't say that i would just say yeah it's it's fine like i i don't i don't mind saying when i fucked up uh but uh, i just think it's kind of funny so Anyways, guys, uh, great show for you today. We got a really, really good one for you. Uh, today, I am joined by uh, Percy Brown, who is, uh, as I mentioned in my um, in the episode description, uh, actor by day, podcaster by night. Uh, the man is uh, multi-talented in, in all kinds of uh, different ways, uh, from his charisma to uh, his ambition to... Uh, the amazing work on his podcast, um, The Prince of Fresh Air. He's just an amazing, amazing person. Uh, I even had the privilege of appearing on his podcast as well. Uh, not sure when it's going to be out. I'm, I hear uh, mid to late March, but I'll definitely keep his posted on that. Uh, it was a great episode that we did, and uh, we we kind of did like a, uh, I come on his, he comes on mine, so it all kind of works out. Um, so uh, he, he uh, joins the show today. We talk a little bit about his acting career. Uh, give some advice on how to break into the entertainment industry and uh, a lot of fun stuff in, in uh, the interview. Definitely be sure to uh, stick around for it, um, which I mean, hopefully you are because I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, I assume that you like the podcast and you would listen to it anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, and then, yeah, later um, when it's just me, I'm going to talk about uh, the, the possibility of uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 4 which is, was sparked by some recent comments by Thomas Hayden Church, who, of course, played Sandman in Spider-Man 3 and in No Way Home. And uh, so we'll talk about the possibility of maybe seeing a uh, another uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. We'll see. Uh, and then uh, after that, I want to give my review for The Walking Dead Dead City. Season 1 just wrapped up. Uh, I just want to give my thoughts on the season as a whole, a series that had no intentions or no reason to be as good as it was, but here we are. Uh, but uh, yeah, without further ado, guys, uh, enjoy the show today. Well, hello. 
Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Corcoran Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran, and today I am joined by uh, none other than Mr. Percy Brown. Percy is a podcaster, actor, you name it, he does it. Uh, I always uh, interview people who have like many different hats, their po- podcasting, actor, uh, you name it. But uh, it's great to have you on here, Percy. Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You know, on this beautiful Sunday, I just got off the phone with Tom Cruise. You know, everybody wants a piece of me. So, you know, you, you got the first piece. <laughs> I got the first piece. Perfect. So you chose me over Tom Cruise. You're like, OK, so what can I do? Should I go meet with Tom Cruise or should I go do the Cork Entertainment Show? I'll do a Cork Entertainment Show. So thank you for doing that. Hey, you know, a little bit, you know, because, you know, I met Tom Cruise. I was in uh, high school. I, I think it was I was a sophomore at this time, 10 years ago. And I remember meeting him for the first time. and He snubbed me. So, you know, I'm getting back at him. <laughs> he's such a busy guy he's such a busy guy but i mean like you of all people to do that too like come on <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying you believe this guy i'm the most charismatic man he's gonna he gonna shelve me so stick yes. it tom no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tom Cruise. Not that he he's gonna listen to this, but <laughs> this will be the one episode that he listens to. I'm like, oh shit, I shouldn't have said anything bad. <laughs> hey, you never know. Never no, know. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Percy hosts the uh, the uh, biweekly podcast. You can check new episodes out every second Tuesday called The Prince of Fresh Air. Which I remember uh, as I was talking to you earlier about it, I kept saying Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Uh, was mm-hmm. it hard for you? After a certain point, like, uh, were you always saying, like, uh, you know, as you're doing your podcast, hey, guys, welcome to a new episode of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And then you look back, you're like, oh, shit, I messed that up. Like, did it take a while for you to get the feel of that or no? Uh, no, actually, for me, no, it's it's when I first came up with it, I think the first two times I said it, I messed it up, but it, it became natural for me. So it, it's definitely for other people, it might not be, but for me, I'm I'm used to it. You know, it, it took me uh, pretty quick to get it. So, uh, but I I did it I did it intentionally that way. I, I like to play on words. You know, I've heard people refer to it as the Prince of Fresh Hair. So, you know, it, it has its benefits. I like that the the Prince of Fresh Hair. I like that too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got the hair, so you know, it works. It fits. It fits very well. You guys can't can't see but percy has incredible hair uh which i'm jealous of uh i've had the same hair uh, haircut since i was in uh middle school so <laughs> oh really you know it's yeah. funny it, it's funny i've always my mom's always made me have short hair it wasn't until i left for college that i actually started growing it out so it's only been i've had my hair shorter more i have i've had my hair shorter longer than i had my hair out so Oh, go away, eh? Oh, well, there. So, uh, how old uh, are you now? You're... Oh, I just turned 28. Mr. 28. Oh, well, there yeah. you go. You're still young, man. You're still young. You got the right... <laughs> yeah, I. you know, it's... Uh, you for still on my side, you know. I, it was funny. I was telling somebody the other day. He told me he was 37. And I said, whew, uh, you getting up there, man. I, I was like, uh, let me stop joking because I don't want to be like that in 10 years. So, someone calling me old. So... <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. You got to be careful what you wish for. Um, so, I mean, uh, you, uh, you are a man of many, uh, uh, different hats. I mean, a podcaster, uh, actor, TV personality. Um, what do you, uh, I mean, like obviously get, get breaking into uh, the entertainment industry is a big, big, uh, it's a big challenge for many people. I know uh, lots of people who are, 
have been pursuing the endeavor for years and, and, and they're still struggling to find their way in, uh, whether it's they haven't even found a gig yet or they find the odd gig here and there, but they don't have as many as they want. What uh, advice would you give to those people and in, uh, in like how how you were able to break into uh, the entertainment industry and uh, what how were you not able to get discouraged? Because I know it's very easy to get to get uh, discouraged. Uh, when pursuing a career s- such as that, where it's very um, not exactly um, uh, uh, unstable, but it's because a lot of jobs you're going uh, in entertainment, it's from like job to job. You're going from one right. show, you're going to one movie. So, uh, what what advice would you give to to uh, some of those people who are listening right now? Oh, that's loaded, and I love it. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I've been doing it for 13 years. I started in 2010, so uh, actually a little bit before. I was about 13, 14 when I started. And one of my longtime buddies in high school, um, still good friends to this day, when I met him, I was I had a couple I had some experience stayed under my belt, but he he's been doing it since he was about three, four years old. He's had his own Netflix shows, he's been in you know big blockbuster movies, and um, you know, he was the one that kind of helped me shape uh, my journey in a sense, and I think. Ultimately, for me, what helped me was coming with a brand, right? And I think often in the entertainment industry, um, you know, for the longest, a lot of people don't understand it's a business. I love acting. I, you know, I enjoy doing it, but it is a business. And part of it, you know, now with how it's shifting, you know, I didn't grow up in the era, you know, 20, 30 years ago where the industry was a lot different. Now, you know, streaming services, you know, social media and everything, it all ties together. So, um, you know, like I said, I've been doing it for a long time and I have my ups and downs. It's not easy. It's a it's a very um, unforgiving, but also rewarding, uh, you know, journey uh, and career. And I think for me, what kind of helped me was knowing who I am as a person and having a brand. So often I always compare it to, you know, I always mention the hair, right? You know, when I go, when I moved to LA, one of the first things I heard was, you're going to be one out of millions of other people. So what's going to set you apart? So when I go into an audition room, you know, they're going to have other people who might look like me, um, same ethnicity. They might be looking for a specific person. So when I, when I show up, you know, everybody's going to be wearing a black shirt, you know, blue jeans and sneakers, right? So how do I set myself out apart? The hair works. So I'll come in there, even if I don't get the role, right? They, they're going to remember me. And that's usually how I go about it. It's not so much about trying to book the role, even though I want to, but it's about making those lifelong, you know, connections, having people remember you. So they call you back. Oh yeah. I remember the guy with the crazy hair, bring him back in. I think he'd be good for this. <laughs> and that's how it works. It, it It's really, it's no one. It used to be a, a, a formula to this, but now it's, I said, with everything changing, you know, social media promotions and everybody incorporating that, um, you have to know a brand. You have to know what you're bringing to the table. So for me, you know, when I got my agent, when I first moved to LA, um, I had a brand. I knew what I was going for. I knew who I was as an actor. So it helped me secure representation that way. Now I have you know, other agents and I have a manager now. And we always talk about the game plan. All right, you have this type of look. You're not going out for the corporate lawyer. I, I know that, you know, I'm still in my twenties. I don't want to be playing an older, you know, guy. I'm not a nine to fiver. So my, my, my direction is I'm going for the young, hip, cool, trendy type of guy. And so I can play around with that. So it could be, you know, the, the charismatic, you know, dude that steals the girlfriend in the movie, or it could be the guy who lights and lightens up the scene, 
or you know it's the you know the the guy on the street that comes up for for one scene not that i'm trying to do one scene but comes in and he steals the show that's what i'm going for personality driven um you know youthful stuff so it helps to know who you are as an actor and realistically you know one of the reasons one of the things i had to learn was i went from leading and many productions theater short films feature films to when you get into the when you start reaching those levels in entertainment where you're talking about tv shows and movies and those type of stuff you're going to realize a shift you, you know for the last 10 years i was playing you know i was either the lead or the co-lead um now it's it's not always going to be that you know and you know it's a reality check and it's something that um, you have to learn and you have to, you know, get accustomed to it. It's a different, you know, it's a different art form. It's a different business. And it's really about branding. Everybody, Will Smith, Tom Cruise, The Rock, uh, Denzel Washington, they all have a brand and they all treat themselves as a business. And that's the most important thing. Treat yourself as a business. Yes, exactly. Because that's what it is at uh, uh, the end of the day. I know there might be lots of people who say, I want to do a movie or I want to be an actor and this and that. And then once they get into it, they're like, this is a lot harder than I had anticipated. Mm -hmm. It's a lot more. It's like, well, because, you know, you on TV, you see the finished product. But to exactly. get to the finished product, you got to go through the whole production process and, uh, you know, acting and learning your lines and everything. And then you and then you're able to look at, at the finished product and go. Oh, a lot of blood, sweat and tears uh, went into that. But that's the one thing that people don't see is all they see is what the end result is versus how you get there. And it's like, are you willing to go to those lengths to 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 uh, do so? And one thing that I really like about you that uh, you already said is that you you try to uh, uh, um make yourself uh distinct from other actors you're not uh out there saying i'm trying to be so and so i'm trying to be this person or that person like uh you know leonardo dicaprio kind of thing like i'm trying to be like him it's like well no that's that's a huge because i know no. of uh some people who are like well it's okay because um um you know when Le leonardo dicaprio auditioned for this role he did this and this it's like but you're not leonardo dicaprio like have you ever exactly. have you ever met people who are like that where they're constantly comparing themselves to others Oh, don't even get me started. And you know what? That that's definitely an LA thing. Not 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 to say it doesn't happen everywhere, but you know, I was my most of my adult life, I would say I, I spent it in LA. And it's it's really, you know, a lot of people do that because oftentimes when people say they want to be an act, a lot of times people just want to be the fame. They want the fame and the glory of that, you know, and that's why they compare themselves to a, a Denzel or Leonardo because they want to be that successful. And, but reality of the situation is you're not them. You don't have the same blueprint. You're not in the same area. You don't have the same background. You don't have the same acting skills and opportunities that, that they have. So, you know, at first I, I will admit, you know, my buddy, you know, the other, like a month ago, two months ago, we were sitting in Central Park talking about that, where for the longest, I always compared myself to him and we don't look nothing alike. He's short. He's, uh, has different features, a good looking dude, but we don't look anything alike. And he's been in the industry a lot longer than me. So, but I'll always subconsciously like, man, I wish I could do what he's doing, man. I wish, you know, I, I need the opportunity like him. And then I realized we, we, we're in two different lanes. We're not going for the same type of stuff. He's going to do a lot different things than I would. 
Um, and you know, that's the beauty of it, but it, it, it it's hard in this industry. It happens, which is why I don't knock people. It, you tend to do that because, you know, it is a competition in a sense, but at the same time, in the same breath, I always say everybody's journey is different. You know, Samuel Jackson was, you know, a drug addict before he became, you know, a big star, you know, so are you going to go that same route? Are you going to, you know, pick up drugs and go that route to try to be like Samuel? No. So everybody's journey is going to be different. And tr I try not, I, I don't do it no more. And I would advocate people don't compare yourself to other people because you don't know what his journey was like. You don't know what type of help he had. You don't know what happened in his audition room. He might've did something a lot quirky, but the director might have known his father. The director might have known him before he went in the audition room. So you don't know. Um, and, you know, you shouldn't compare yourself because if you do that, all you're going to do is, you know, mess up your psyche and ruin your performances and your opportunities because you're always going to be like, man, I wish you could be like Denzel. Well, you can't. Nobody's going to be like Denzel. That's Denzel. So. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, that's one thing, too. I mean. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 uh, write and produce, uh, uh, theater shows around here. We act in theater and all that. I mean, but at, at, at the end of the day, it's not like we're on Broadway. You know what I mean? Like it's hard, like uh, people say, oh, well, I mean, uh, I saw them do that play on Broadway and that person wasn't as good in this community theater production as he was on the Broadway. It's like, well, yeah, no shit because that's Broadway. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, we're not, we're not like trained actors uh, or anything. I mean, like we, we try to do it as professionally as humanly possible, but I mean, like, we're not, we're not like Denzel Washington. You know what I mean? We're not like these uh, big famous uh, professionally trained, been in the industry for years uh, kind of people. What What's your opinion on the whole on? Um, because one thing, too, um, uh, for me, it's kind of a mixed uh, uh, opinion kind of thing, because I hear people say. Uh, who have been in the industry and stuff like that, that say that some people say it's by pure luck that they just happen to get the good roles at, at the right time. Some people say that, uh, no, I had to work hard to get uh, uh, where I am. Do you think, um, uh, in your opinion, do you find it's a matter of luck or is it a matter of just just keep auditioning and don't give up kind of thing? Because that's where I find it gets really, really uh, uh, mixed uh, results. People just say, oh, they just got lucky. Like, they just got lucky to get that part. While some people are like, no, I had to bust my ass to get where I am today. What's your take on that? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. And let me just before I answer, let me just back right backtrack to what you said about like local community theater. I would say, you know, I always support the local community theater and uh, even people in that level who are trying to aspire for greater things. Don't let that discourage you because we all been there. I've, I, I was doing that not too long ago. Uh, it's been a couple years, but I was doing that too. And everybody has to start, you know, local community theater is beautiful because you get to learn the, the, the business, at least theater wise, you get to learn the business, the, the craft of acting, and you get to learn skills. So, you know, Denzel started, you know, there too. And, you know, anybody at that level, don't worry about trying to compete with Broadway. That's not what you're doing. What you want to do is make yourself um, noticeable. You know, when you do a, a show, do the best job you can. And, you know, I've learned you never know who's going to be in the audience. I've done shows and didn't realize, you know, agents and managers are sitting in the audience. You don't know. And. Um, you know, the skill level for local community theater and Broadway, you know, I've met a lot of people in local community theater who are amazing actors. They just don't have the, they don't understand business or they just, 
they're, they're not in a rush, and I get that. Um, but it's it, you know, there are very talented people in local community theater, you know. So I, you know, I always treat everybody respect acting wise, it doesn't matter because I've been there, I've done that, and you know, I'm not Denzel yet, so I, I'm not gonna look down on that. But in regards to what you said, I would say it's a mix of luck and home. I think for certain people, it is luck, you know. Now, luck has changed in this industry. You know, 30 years ago, 20 years ago, you could be able to walk down the streets, uh, uh, casting director and be like, hey, you look like somebody that could be in this movie that I'm shooting. Let's go. And I've heard that happen so many times with so many actors. Uh, but the industry has changed. That's not going to happen no more because the legal contracts and all that stuff, that is not happening anymore. So I would say... It's really uh, luck is a big part of it, but I would say hard work because if you don't have the hard work, that luck will only take you so far, you know. And it, it, it reminds me of a conversation I just had with my manager last week. You know, a lot of these, you know, these higher budget, you know, Marvel and all that stuff, it is a lot of luck, but it's also, I would say, more so hard work getting yourself in those rooms and auditioning and busting your ass because. You know, the people who the, the lady who's casting Marvel, she's a very nice woman and she likes looking at new talent, but she's not going to look at you if she just sees that you're just waiting for the opportunity. That's not how it works. You know, we're talking about million dollar budget movies, uh, movies that have a longstanding reputation. So it's a lot of hard work. You know, you, you got to constantly audition. You have to constantly put in that work and the opportunity will get there. Now, you know, fortunately for me, I'm able to go on for the same casting office a lot of times because they remember me. They like my work ethic. I may not be right for the role, but hey, another opportunity might come. Hey, bring him back in. Or you know what? We actually like him for this. Let, let's hire him for this. And it happens. This industry is all about hard work and showing who you are. Because ultimately, everybody's reputation is on the, on the line, right? So imagine, you know, you're casting Oppenheimer or Barbie, you know, the movies that came out. You want to cast people who's going to bring that 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 project up to where it is. You don't want somebody who's just sitting around waiting for that lucky opportunity. You know, you want somebody who's going to do the craft, do the work, who's going to promote the film and do the best job that they can. So it's it's a mix of both. It is luck. Um, it takes one person to change your life in this industry, one person, one opportunity, but to get that opportunity takes a lot of work. It's not going to happen, you know, at the, you're starting out actor, no experience. No, you're going to have to be in the industry for many years, go through the trials and tribulations like everybody else. Now there are some people who can bypass, bypass that, but usually they know somebody in the street who can hook them up and that's different. But if you want to be an actual actor, you better, you know, put your nose in those books, memorize those lines, and, you know, just keep auditioning. You're going to hear a lot more no's than yeses, but when that yes come, it'll be rewarding. Yes, 100%, because that's, uh, like, it, it is super easy for people to get discouraged. Like, oh, God, I, I wanted this part right here, and I got turned down. I'm never going to make it kind of thing. Uh, I mean, like, uh, one example we always use is uh, Harrison Ford was a carpenter at, what, 30 years old. And now yeah. here he is, like, one of the biggest stars in the world, you know what I mean, at 80 years old. So, I mean, like, if he had just stopped and just continued being a carpenter at 30, we wouldn't see indiana jones we wouldn't see han solo you know what i mean so uh just because you got turned down for one role don't worry because there's truth is there's a million of you out there and they can only choose a select few so it's right. it's always a very very tough uh field to uh to uh, go for and, and you know 
as you mentioned that, and let me actually say something too about comparing yourself. I think it's healthy to do that if you're doing it in the sense that you're you can relate to the person and you want to aspire to be like that. For instance, I've always been a Denzel fan. I've been he's one of the reasons why I got into acting. Um, I don't compare myself acting wise to him because we're different. But his journey, you know, one of the things I like to do in my spare time, when I read about movies and behind the scenes and the other actors, I don't read about how they got they they lucky star and I don't read about that. I read about their backstory. And I always tell people, you know, it, it, it's funny. A lot of people are fans of these actors and stuff, and they don't know how, you know, their backstory. They don't know how they started and got to where they are. You know, like I said, a lot of people didn't know Samuel Jackson was a, a I don't like to use crackhead because that that's, you know, but he was a drug addict for many years. Um, Terry Crews, well-respected actor. He was busting floors. He was a janitor when he first moved to L.A. He had a wife and kids, Jason Momoa. Um, he had a couple projects in Hollywood, but nobody was knocking on his door. And it got to the point where he didn't know how he's going to pay his mortgage, how he's going to feed his kids until he got Aquaman. Um, you know, there's countless stories of other you know actors. Uh, Denzel Washington was a garbage man in New York before he got his big break. So, you know, that's the stuff I like to look at is, you know, how did they you know, fight through the grind to get to where they are. Because it's easy to look at someone's success and say, hey, I want to be like that too. But you are you sleeping in your car? Did you have to, you know, give up your house so you can chase a dream in a whole nother part of the, the world that you've never been in? You know, everybody's journey is different, but I inspire, that, that inspires me because it shows that I may not have it as rough as others, but, you know, the journey is still the same. You work, you audition, um, and then eventually it comes, it all pays off. Now, depending who you are and what your goal is, you know, fame may not be what you're looking for. Maybe you just want to be a steady actor who works all the time, you know, but if you want to be a, uh, you know, a, a Tom Cruise or The Rock, you know, chance of that happening is very slim. I'm not saying it can't happen, um, you know, because that's what I'm aspiring to do, but, you know, that is going to come as a byproduct of your work, not because, so when it says, hey, I see you as a megastar, let's go. You know, that's not reality TV, you know, so. No, exactly. And I mean, like one thing that uh, uh, that I do, I mean, uh, of course, I write plays uh, for, for my uh, community theater company and uh, re uh, watching um, uh, like not just like playwrights and stuff like that, like Neil Simon and Ken Ludwig and some of the great ones uh, watching their creative process and watching interviews with them, like how they write it and stuff, even just anyone in the entertainment industry, people who talk about writing movies and stuff like that, even though, you know, theater and, and, and film are two very different things. Uh, just hearing the whole creative process of just anything at all, movies, TV, theater, e even music. I hear people who uh, talk about their creative process when it comes to music. Even that's super inspiring just to hear uh, that. I mean, hey, I'm not the only one who, who goes through this. They didn't just have it just dumped. Here you go. Here's uh, there you go. There's a contract for you. All right. We'll see you there. Like, you know, like it's just it's not going to work that way. And so. Right you always got to like temper your expectations. And, um, and, you know, as we said, like uh, Samuel L. Jackson was, uh, was a drug addict and uh, Jason Momoa was, uh, you know, unable to pay his mortgage and everything. And like, um, uh, Terry Crews was uh, what uh, a floor buffer you said. Oh yeah. He was a janitor. 
janitor. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's people start from all different walks of life or even like you look at someone like uh, Robert Danny Jr. who was mm-hmm. in all kinds of legal trouble and look at him now. He's one of the best people there is you know what i mean like not just actors he's just one of the best people such an inspiration so i mean just hearing stories like that is really what what uh inspires me creatively and inspires me to just do the best damn thing uh uh, best damn job uh that i can and even with this podcast as well which speaking of podcasts you are a podcaster as well yourself so uh feel free to uh, give a little plug for your uh podcast the fresh or the Prince of Fresh Air. I did it again. Uh, don't worry. I don't worry. Look, you know, TMZ <laughs> messes up all the time too. So don't worry about it. Um, yeah, you know, the podcast, the Prince of Fresh Air, I started it. You know, funny enough, I so I started it in 2020. The industry was slowing down, you know, COVID and all that stuff. And I said, you know what? I want to waste my good looks and my good voice doing nothing, you know. So, you know, I came up with a podcast. Now, first, it was first called Controversial Topics, but I was like, in a grand scheme of things, in a sea of podcasts, controversial topics is not eye-catching. You know, it's wasting the hair, you know? So uh, the Prince of Fresh Air is something, I came up with the name of it, I would say about six months after I started it. And it's it's been a, a roller coaster of a journey. I love this podcast. It's something that I never would have envisioned would be as big and popular as it is. I'm not Joe Rogan. I'm not saying that. But being able to, you know, be recognized on Google and be on like, 40 plus pat- platforms and stuff like that is amazing. And, you know, if you want to check out the podcast, you can Google it, the Prince of Fresh Air, or you can, uh, you know, go on my social media, uh, Mr. Dot No Days Off Percy, where I have my website. Um, I just did an article with Voyage LA. Um, that's also linked in my uh, bio as well. And you can see all my socials and podcasts there. Um, and also, if you have a chance, uh, Spotify is on all those platforms, wherever you get podcasts, YouTube. Uh, but if you ever have a chance to and you feel generous, you know, IMDb, the podcast is up on there. And, you know, it's always nice to have ratings, you know, whether you want to give it a one, which I will find you if you do. But nonetheless, <laughs> I'll give it a give five. It a, <laughs> five. You know what? You know, oh, I, it's at a, it's at a, is it five stars or 10 or what's the, it's out of 10 stars. Oh, 10. Sorry. 10. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I thought it was five stars. Oh, oh no. I'll give you a 100% rating. I'm sorry. That's what I'm talking about. See, you're like, what the fuck is this guy? (laughs) Yeah, you know what? I'm I'm gonna call Tom Cruise back and tell him come get you. Mission Impossible (laughs) number (laughs) ten. Ten stars, ten stars, eleven stars. We'll make it that. (laughs) Make it twelve. You got a deal. Okay, perfect. Just don't don't send Tom Cruise after me. <laughs> I'll send his manager. Don't worry. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, it's fine. Tom Cruise, you got to uh, reach his manager who will reach his manager who will reach his manager. Exactly. And then, and then you can reach Tom Cruise. He's, he's, he's Hey, but you know what? Like I said, I never said he was going to beat you up. It could have been giving you opportunity. So you never oh, know. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah. I, I better I better simmer down there. <laughs> Man, so you never know. You never know what you're going to get. No. <laughs> I think it's my big break. Uh... <laughs> right. <laughs> big break of your femur <laughs> I, break, I break 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 one of my legs <laughs> they took the the term in showbiz break a leg and took it literally um, yeah and literally yeah 
literally and figuratively. <laughs> um, so we're going to wrap it there for the segment, guys. But uh, Percy, uh, it was great talking with you. Uh, you know, uh, ju- just hearing someone who's been in the entertainment in- industry, someone who podcasts uh, as much as I do as well. I release episodes on Tuesday as well. You release every se- second Tuesday. But um, still, I just think it's amazing uh, what you're doing, man. And uh, it was a pleasure talking with you. And uh, best of luck to you in uh, all your future endeavors. Man, thank you for the, the kind words. Yeah, you know, it's it's crazy. Uh, someone just knocked on the door. I think it's TMZ again. But, uh, yeah, they, here. <laughs> they, 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 they can't, you know, Dwayne around Johnson too, man. Everybody keep blowing me up. Uh, but, you know, before we go, I just want to say this. Anybody who's listening want to be acting everything, um, really, you know, go for it. Don't be afraid. You know, go for it. Don't be, um, don't be intimidated. Everybody starts from somewhere. Um, and like I always, I, I just want to stress this: do it because you love it, not because you want to be famous. I, I hear that all the time. Many casting directors will tell you horror stories of that. Don't do it because you're desperate for money or you want to be famous. Do it because you love the craft. And you know, don't be afraid to hear no because it's going to happen. And you know, give it a shot. You know, whether you decide it's not for you. Or not, you know, give it a shot. You don't want to be 55 years old thinking, I wish I would have done that. So give it a shot. Don't be afraid. And, you know, may God be with you. Or like a, like Tom Cruise say, uh, may you choose to accept the mission. So right there. Or may Tom Cruise be with you. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. May Tom Cruise be with you. That's it. <laughs> but if he is with you, he's going to make you jump over a building. So, you know, pick your poison. <laughs> yes, that's true. Or he might shout at you or something like that. Because <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Breaking protocol, uh, COVID protocols. Uh, that was a huge thing. Uh, remember back when that happened? That was a Mission Impossible. There were, oh, the yeah. Were, yeah. You're fucking done. I was like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's a, he's, I will say this. Tom Cruise, he gets a bad rep from people. I don't know why. He's a very, maybe it's because of Scientology stuff. I stay away from that. But he's all the accounts that I've heard and read about. He's a really nice guy. I've never heard anything. He's a true professional of acting, and he might have a little ego. I mean, if you're making that type of money, your time cruise, you know, you're going to have a little ego. But he really cares about the industry. He cares about actors, and you know, shout out to him because he's one of the utmost top celebrities. You know, supporting the strike. So you know, shout out to Tom Cruise and all the other big name actors that I'm coming for because I'm coming. I with the old and with the new. Yes, t- Tom Cruise, please, please give us a good rating as well. Uh, and I'd love to get Tom Cruise on here at some point as well, which I'd have to get in touch with like 30 different people just to get to Tom Cruise himself. But, you know, I, one of these days, I, you know, I, I, I got some I got some connections, maybe. <laughs> well, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, really appreciate it. And uh, as I said earlier, best of luck. And uh, we should definitely do this again sometime. We'll definitely stay in touch. Oh, yeah, I would love to. And, you know, best of luck to you, man. It's always great to meet, especially writers. We don't get to hear enough about writers. You know, people behind the scenes, they don't get enough credit. So shout out to you. Thank you for all the work you're doing for your community, local, and and everything. And, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to doing it again. We will definitely do it. Next time, no, no Alec Bowen jokes. I won't no, do I'm- it. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's perfect oh well there that'll be on the x-rated podcast um that will be released um sometime on my private uh website the only fans oh geez i gotta start that now uh, so we will take a quick break guys but we will be right back later but uh, until then this is frankie and percy brown signing off take it easy man take it easy Oh,
hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Corker Entertainment Show. I'm your host, Frankie Corcoran, and uh, that was me and Percy Brown. Uh, what a conversation. I absolutely loved chatting with Percy. Definitely, guys, be sure to stay tuned to his podcast every second Tuesday, The Prince of Fresh Air, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, everywhere you get your podcasts at. So, uh, yeah, so um, the first thing I want to chat about for our solo segment is uh, so recently um, Thomas Hayden Church, who uh, you guys, he's... He, I think he's probably best known for Sandman, I think. I don't know. I honestly I don't really I haven't really seen much of anything else that he's in. Aside from uh he was funny in the first Daddy's Home. Uh he was really really good in that. He was uh Will Ferrell's boss in the first Daddy's Home movie. Um but that was that's pretty much all I've ever seen him in. I I, I haven't seen him in anything anything else, but really good actor. He was I mean, you guys know Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 3 was not the best. But uh, I thought uh, Thomas Hayden Church did a spectacular job with Sandman in that movie. Um, so, yeah, he's a great actor. And uh, now, I wasn't a big fan of how he appeared in No Way Home. Um, I mean, it was mainly like uh, his voice. They used his voice, but they had him in in his sand look the whole time like there wasn't like like we never actually saw his face like he was never there in person and when we did see him in person they just reused um his spider-man 3 uh you know they basically used like ai basically uh to make it look like or not ai but just cgi to um make it look like it was in the present day but it wasn't it was so obvious that it was from spider-man 3 um but whatever, and they and they did the same thing with the lizard um, when he was an amazing Spider-Man uh, one in No Way Home. Uh, they they just reused uh, clips from the Amazing Spider-Man one, which I mean it's okay, like it's it's whatever. But I mean uh, uh, personally, I wasn't a fan of it. But uh, Thomas Hayden Church uh, was talking about. Uh, rumors of a possible Spider-Man four. Now, at first, I was seeing this. I was like, "Yeah, pff, right." Like, uh, just some like you know, um, random news outlets were covering it and uh, things that I never heard of. So I said, "Okay," I didn't really think much of it. Then I saw Deadline reporting this, and when Deadline starts to report something, that's when I really start to because I think it was either Deadline or Entertainment Weekly or something like that when uh, rumors first surfaced that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were coming back for Spider-Man No Way Home. That was was when I really started to believe. Like, I mean, at first. Uh, if some random news news source, like I don't know, like just just uh, uh, crap for brains, I don't know, like there's, I, I'm just pulling the name out of my ass. But uh, if if a news outlet like that started uh, reporting it, uh, or like saying that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were coming back for No Way Home, I would have said that yeah, bullshit. But then once and and then uh, once I started seeing some some people like like very very reputable uh, sites and journalists started talking about it, then I was like, oh, maybe they are gonna appear in it. So, um, and the same deal with this right here with um, Thomas Hayden Church talking about a possible uh, Spider-Man Four. I I thought it was bullshit. Now that I'm seeing that deadlines uh, talking about him. Uh, about these uh, claims, now I'm like, maybe there is some truth to the rumors. So here, I'll just read the article from Deadline. Before we continue, we'd like to give a shout out to one of our sponsors, Newcastle Business District. The Newcastle Business District continues to promote, develop, and enhance our downtown business area through community projects, promotions, and economic development. 
It was first created in 1983 under the name Newcastle Business Association and was renamed Downtown Miramichi Business Network. This was following Newcastle's incorporation into the new city of Miramichi in 1999. In 2006, it was renamed again to Newcastle Business District. Despite the many changes in its name over the years, the organization's goal has always remained the same, which is to further enhance the active growth of the downtown business community, Newcastle Business District. Shop Downtown Newcastle. Thomas Hayden Church on rumors of potential Spider-Man 4 film by Sam Raimi with Tobey Maguire. Uh, Thomas Hayden Church is saying he's heard rumors of a potential new Spider-Man film directed by Sam Raimi and starring Tobey Maguire. In a new interview with Church, uh, uh, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. In a new interview, Church talked about Raimi potentially directing another Spider-Man flick with Maguire returning as Peter Parker and expressing that he would like to be part of it. There's always been some kind of I've heard rumors that Sam Raimi was going to do another Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. And if that happens, I would probably campaign to maybe do at least a cameo, Church said in an interview with a comic book. Um, Church played the villain in uh, uh, Sandman in 2007's Spider-Man 3 and appeared in 2021's No Way Home. Uh, yeah, we already know this stuff right here, but... Um uh, oh yeah, well then it says, Raimi directed the Spider-Man trilogy that McGuire starred in between 2002 and 2007. The filmmaker recently directed 2022's Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Last year, Raimi told Comic Book that he would be open to directing a fourth Spider-Man film. I've come to realize that after making Doctor Strange... That anything is possible, really anything in the Marvel Universe, any team-ups, Remy said. I love Toby, I love Kirsten Dunst, I think all things are possible. I don't really have a story or a plan. I don't know if Marvel will be interested in that right now. I don't know what their thoughts are on that. I haven't really pursued it, but it sounds beautiful. Even if it wasn't a Spider-Man movie, I would love to work with Toby again in a different role. And that's Sam Raimi talking about that. Now... Now, recently, of course, Thomas Hayden Church talking about that uh, he's heard rumors that perhaps uh, Sam Raimi is making another Spider-Man movie. Now, when he says, I've heard rumors, he probably has a lot more inside sources than we are, than we do. Like, like me especially. I don't know. Like, uh, I, I'm, I'd be talking like I know the guy or something. I don't know anybody involved personally. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah. So I truly, it's tricky because uh, on one hand, I mean, it could just be hearsay. It could just be like, I don't know, Thomas Hayden Church is trying to get some publicity. I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's more of a, this is what I want to happen versus what I hear is going to happen. Like, yeah, I hear they're doing a Spider-Man 4. Almost maybe like saying like, yeah, same Raimi, you should make a Spider-Man 4. Because first of all, I want to get paid because I would love that. Because <laughs> that would be a huge blockbuster hit. Uh, but, uh, or it was actually genuinely like he's heard talks because he would know some people within, you know, the filmmaking community within, uh, you know, Marvel and everything. Cause obviously he's still involved with them. If he went, uh, if he appeared in no way home, even if it was, um, not exactly the, the, the type of appearance that I would have preferred. I would have preferred him to just actually be there in person instead of just do CGI on him and just have his voice in there with new, um, with new dialogue. But anyway, that's just my opinion. But if I had to guess now, it's hard to say right now. Cause I mean, of course we don't know where Thomas Hayden church heard this from. We don't know, uh, what's going on behind the scenes. Who's talking to who about, you know, we, we don't know what, what what's on Sam Raimi's agenda anyway. 
uh, or what he wants. All we know is that in 2022, when he was talking about uh, Spider-Man 4, he said it would be beautiful. I don't know if Marvel's interested, but I'd love to, even if it's not Spider-Man, I'd love to just work with Toby again. But yeah, would Marvel be interested? 100% they would be interested. Oh, my God. Well, first of all, Marvel would be interested. The fans would be interested. Uh, Toby Maguire has said that he would come back if he was asked to. Uh, I think it's a no-brainer, honestly. Now, will it happen? I'd honestly go 50-50. Honestly, I mean, if there's already rumors that Thomas Hayden Church has heard. Now, if it was just some other news outlet or just some journalist looking for a headline saying that, yeah, our sources hear rumors about this, I'd be like, well, well like, frig off. Like, we don't know you. But because it's Thomas Hayden Church who was in Spider-Man 3 and he's still involved with Spider-Man, the fact that he's hearing rumors is what has sparked a lot of... Um, it's it's what, has, it's what has sparked a lot of this for me personally. So I'm going to say that while I may have my doubts... I may have my doubts, which, I mean, that's just one thing that we all need to just take with a grain of salt, is that anything uh, Thomas Hayden Church says, it could be full of shit, it could be he's just trying to get a headline, it could just be he, maybe he misheard someone, I don't know. But the fact that he's saying that he's heard that there's conversations about Sam Raimi doing another Spider-Man movie with uh, Tobey Maguire, um... I would say I would say it's probably about sixty percent. I I go help fuck maybe I'll go higher maybe I'll go sixty five percent. I'll go sixty five percent that this is more likely. The other percentage is uh, it's not going to happen. So I'm leaning more towards I think it's possible. Um, before No Way Home, I didn't I didn't think it would ever be possible that we'd see Tobey Maguire back. I just I I really didn't just with the way things ended. They were set to do a Spider-Man 4. Uh, all of a sudden, Sam Raimi backed out of the project. The thing got canceled, so they rebooted it with Andrew Garfield. Something similar happened with Andrew Garfield where they scrapped that. They rebooted it again with Tom Holland. Uh, I said, there's no way we'll see any of them together again. Like, even like another, uh, even just a cameo, I didn't think. But then, of course, they both came back in No Way Home and played significant roles. And... So, yeah, I think anything's possible. Like, really, I really do genuinely think now it could be uh, I want to make sure that I'm not just being biased because I'm like I want like like I'm saying this because I'm I want to be optimistic and thinking and thinking there's going to be another Tobey Maguire movie. Well, I mean, like, obviously, I'm going to be optimistic, but before I wasn't, I wasn't optimistic. I was really uh, in, uh, intrigued by by uh, the whole idea of, uh, you know, Sam Raimi or um uh, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire coming back in No Way Home, but I at first I had my doubts on it, and then I kind of started to realize that oh shit, I think this is uh, legit because of all the reputable sources that were uh, reporting it. So I'll go with sixty five percent. I really, really think it's a possibility. Well, especially because Tobey Maguire wants to do more Spider Man. He said if they want me to do another Spider Man, I'll do it. Like just call me, basically. Um, his appearance in No Way Home was acclaimed by fans and critics. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, and, uh, and I really do think that, like, I, I do hear some people saying that, well, there's no sense in doing it because No Way Home was his swan song. Maybe, but at the end of the day, it was Tom Holland's movie still. It was still Tom Holland's Spider-Man. They play big roles in it, sure. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I still think we need a proper 
send-off for Tobey Maguire. Even, they don't even have to do a Spider-Man 5 and 6. Like, I don't care about that. Like, it's fine. Even if they just do a Spider-Man 4, because I still remember when it was announced that they were doing a Spider-Man 4 way back. Like, God, this was, I, I would have been in second grade when Spider-Man 3 came out. I remember seeing Spider-Man 3 in theaters, and, um... I was one of those kids who would watch those fan-made trailers for Spider-Man 4 and think they were legit and go show on people. Oh my god, did you see the trailer for Spider-Man 4? Like, I was so freaking stoked for it. And then I was so bummed when it was canceled that I was actually kind of mad that they were rebooting it. And I was like, I don't want to watch with Andrew Garfield because I want Tobey Maguire. Um, but it would just be such a dream. My second grade self would be just, just, just bawling his eyes out of, just pure joy if we got another Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. Do I think it's going to happen? I am leaning towards yes. Now, we're going to just wait and see. Um, I could just be getting too excited about this. But like I said, the reason why I am so optimistic than I would be is because it's Thomas Hayden Church who's reporting this. And he would have a lot more insider knowledge than any of us know. Like me, just some podcaster from Canada. Who the hell do I know? Like... Uh, like, it's just, you know, that's it. But, um, yeah, I so I'm going to say 65%. I think it's very, very likely that we will see him, that we'll see something. I really, really, really do. Um, but, yeah, we'll wait and see. Uh, I don't want to ramble on about it too much longer because there's not really much more to say. But, guys, I definitely want to hear everyone's uh, thoughts. Uh, I'm going to put a poll up on Spotify, actually. Do you think... Spider-Man 4 with Tobey Maguire is going to happen. Yes, no, maybe. That's what I'll put. Uh, definitely be sure, guys. Let me know your thoughts on that. And uh, let's, let's fingers crossed, that we get the return of Bully Maguire. I, I, I'd see Bully Maguire again. I, I, I think that would be really funny. I'm kidding. I wouldn't want to see that. But um, how funny would that be if they poked fun at it? Anyways, let me know your thoughts, guys. Uh, uh, vote on our poll. And uh, yeah. And uh, so our last discussion topic today is uh, now, um, of course, a few episodes back, I had given my thoughts on uh, the first couple episodes of uh, The Walking Dead, Dead City. That's, of course, the uh, Maggie and Negan spinoff that has uh, that I've been extremely skeptical of going into it. I was super skeptical of of Dead City. Um, just I mean, I think the concept's good. Because, of course, I mean, like, The Walking Dead in New York, I think, is, a, a, on paper, is a great idea. But I was just concerned about the pairing of Maggie and Negan, given that they're, uh, you know, how their story wrapped up in Walking Dead. Like, their dynamic with Maggie saying, um, I accept that you're changed, but, you mean, you, you, you bashed my husband's skull in in front of me. I'm never going to forget that. Uh, and I just thought it was a very fitting end to their conflict. So I was worried... That Dead City was just going to be like beating a dead horse. Uh, but in this case, um, after after watching the whole season through, uh, it's six episodes. It's on AMC+. Plus. Uh, definitely be sure, guys, check it out because it's amazing. It is probably the best Walking Dead spinoff uh, well, of the new ones anyway. We'll wait and see how Daryl Dixon is. We'll wait and see how... Um, the Walking Dead, which, yes, by the way, yes, The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live, uh, which is um, 
the last episode, I was complaining about uh, why uh, The Walking Dead, Rick and Michonne, was such a lazy title. It turns out that's not the title at all. The Walking Dead, The Ones Who Live, which is what Rick and Michonne say to each other. Okay, that's a much better title than uh, Rick and Michonne. It's, uh, at least they put some thought into it. Uh, so, yeah, that is that is our uh, title for, the walk for that spinoff. But anyways, we're here to talk about Dead City. I just wanted to clear that up because, of course, I talked about it last week. But, um, yeah, Dead City, man, it is absolutely fantastic like it's hard to rank a lot of the walking dead series because i mean like there's been some good ones there's been some bad ones i would put like you know season three of fear of the walking dead up in like my top three like honestly like fears fear was that good at one point and um it's it's kind of dwindled in quality dead city probably in my top five at least the first season is in my top five because i just thought the season was awesome um and I think I'm not sure if I'm more impressed that they took all, all all of my fears and just threw them out the window, or what it was, because I was absolutely blown away by this season. Um, now, of course, I won't spoil much because I know I mean people haven't because I mean <laughs> I could spoil because I know lots of people don't still don't watch Walking Dead, but but because it's so good, I'm just saying I'll keep it spoiler free because you guys got to check out Dead City. Dead City is absolutely incredible. But spoiler thoughts. Um, uh, basically, I mean, uh, the, uh, the premise of it is, of course, uh, Maggie, uh, her son Herschel, her and Glenn's son Herschel is kidnapped by, uh, this man called the Croat, uh, who leads, a a, a a band of, uh, raiders, saviors, almost like Negan saviors, who it turns out that the Croat is a former savior and, uh, who knows Negan and, and does all his techniques. He's looking to build like a new sanctuary in New York, in Manhattan, uh, and so Maggie basically goes to Negan for help saying, I need you to help me get my son back. And I really like that they they made it make sense for why Maggie goes to Negan. I think that was one of the things that I was really concerned about is why are they going to New York together? Why would she voluntarily go to New York with Negan, the man who killed her husband? But then it makes more sense when you look at it. The Croat, the man who took her, her, her son, is a former savior. Negan knows how he thinks. You know what I mean. So, but uh, I will say there are lots of twists in this season, uh, which I don't want to say too much more because I, I might spoil some of them because there were some tr twists that even threw me off guard. And I think that's just something that I think is missing in, in a lot of these Walking Dead shows. There's not as many, like, cool plot twists uh, that there used to be. But Dead City had quite a few that actually really caught me off guard. Some of the ones, like, in, in recent years of Walking Dead, I'm just like, oh, come on. We could see that coming from a mile away. Dead City, I, I can say, did not do that at all. D Dead City actually had me genuinely su su shocked at, at, at uh, in plenty of, of spaces or places. So, um yeah, that's one thing I can definitely say. Unpredictable is one that I can say. Unpredictable. Um, the showrunner, I can't remember his name. Because um, after AMC Plus, uh, you know, like on AMC Plus, after the episodes air, it goes straight to this episode Insider. And uh, Eli something, what's his name? But I can't remember. Anyway, he's tremendous. I think he's done an amazing job with this series. Um and um, and the new characters, I think, are really good. Some of them, it's hard to get attached to. Uh, like, uh, I'm not going to say too much, but some of the new characters I don't care about. Like, there's a new character named Ginny who I really don't give two shits about. Um, uh, I, I think the Croat's an awesome villain, too. I think he's a excellent villain. Um, I... I think the actor is really, really funny. He's very, uh, he's very scary. Uh, and I think, yeah, he's 
it's hard to say. I mean, I'll give it some time to think about it. Uh, but he's definitely not in like my top five Walking Dead villains or anything. Um, because it, it's only been one season. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. But uh, no, the Croat's awesome. He definitely stole every scene he was in. Uh, Armstrong, who is the marshal who's looking for Negan, he's also a, a lot of fun. Um, and um, yeah, for the most part, I mean, yeah, like that's pretty. That's pretty much all I can say without giving too much away. I could spoil it and do all that because some of you listening might be like, "Oh, I haven't watched Walking Dead in years." No, trust me, you're gonna want to watch Dead City. Um, uh, I think there's even some recasts. Like I know, like people who don't want to watch the rest of The Walking Dead because oh, it went downhill because Glenn died or Rick left or Carl died. Okay, that's fine, but you got to give Dead City a try. I think. I mean, even if you go online and just look at some recaps, just so you're aware of what's going on. Um, but yeah, I think Dead City is excellent, and I'm so glad that it was renewed for season two because I'll say that cliffhanger at the end of season one had me torn at first, but now I'm like, okay, I think this is, I, I think we're in for some good stuff in season two, and it's just a shame this goddamn writer's strike has delayed it. So, but we'll see. Hopefully, they get the writer's strike done as soon as possible because I want to see Dead City season two like ASAP because I just think see, see season one. Exceeded all my expectations. I've even done uh, uh, segments solely focused on why I'm so worried about Dead, Dead City because I'm worried they're going to ruin Maggie and Negan's arc that, was, that ended so perfectly in The Walking Dead, and they didn't at all. It felt completely natural, um, and uh, it's just crazy to see how much they've grown. Oh, Maggie and Negan, excuse me, uh, Maggie and Negan have grown so much throughout the they're the, 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 a time in the series. I mean, one second, Negan bashed her husband sculling with the baseball bat. Now he's helping her save her son. Like, but it doesn't feel like force. It feels natural. You know, it took a long time for them to get to that point. Uh, it wasn't just, uh, yeah, just suddenly they team up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they, it, it took her a while to eventually have to earn his trust. Um, and it felt super, it, it just felt right. And uh, I just think that's such a huge uh, accomplishment when the showrunners and actors and all that, they can really exceed our expectations and uh, take something that sounded uh, not the best on paper, but they took it and made it excellent. Like it was just kudos to the cast. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, we, we, we still have Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Lauren Cohan still involved with The Walking Dead. Hopefully we see more of the actors in the show. Uh, and also, um, small spoiler alert, but uh, we get the return of uh, Stephen Ogg as uh, Simon. Of course, Trevor from Grand Theft Auto, he played Simon, Negan's right-hand man. He, we we, we uh, get a flashback. We get to see Simon again. So that's I mean, small spo spoiler warning. But, um, yeah, I thought that was awesome that we got to see Stephen Ogg again. One of, one of the best, man. Stephen Ogg is so incredible. Uh, for those of you Grand Theft Auto Five fans out there, uh, he's he's absolutely incredible. Um, but yeah, that's my review of Dead City Season 1. I'm going to give it a, a solid 9.5 out of 10. I really do think it was excellent. It exceeded every ex expectation. Definitely make sure that you check it out because uh, it will leave you dying for Season 2. And it will make you so mad that the writers aren't getting paid what they deserve because we're not getting Dead City Season 2 for God knows how long. Um but, uh, yeah, so there's that, uh, Dead City, 9.5 out of 10, uh, can't wait for season two, hopefully it, I can bump it up to a 10 at that point, we'll see how it goes, but, um, that's going to do it for the show today, guys. Uh, I want to thank my guest, Percy Brown. Definitely be sure to check out his podcast, The Prince of Fresh Air, on all your, uh, podcast streaming apps, uh, YouTube, 
you know, you name it, he's on it. Uh, and uh, yeah, guys. So uh, we'll see you guys uh, for the next week's episode. Uh, definitely be sure to follow us on social media. Vote on our polls about Spider-Man Four. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week. Until then, this is Frankie signing off. Take it easy, guys.